everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast, episode 94 overall. Um, today, um, I wouldn't necessarily say we have a lot to talk about, but there's, you know, a few topics we'll probably, that I'll definitely probably go over a little bit more in depth uh, over others, um, to say the least. But, um, but yeah, um, without further ado, first off, I um, want to say thank you. Uh, for those that clipped on this, so whether it be on YouTube or any of the various nine or 10 or 11, I've lost count how many freaking podcasting services that we're on. Uh, but just want to take a second to say thank you as I'm pulling up some uh, extra things that I need for this episode. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your day, uh, whether it be, you know, however it's going, hopefully it's going well for you. Um, for, you know, giving this old guy a shot, you know, you know, you listening about, you know, my opinion of hockey and hopefully it turns around to having someone, you know, uh, send their opinions, you know, my way and then we can have a discussion. It'd be great to have, um, and side note, speaking of which I will be putting a poll, uh, basing off of the kind of like the big topic that I'm going to talk about, uh, before the, uh, ad break, um, I'll have a poll for Spotify users only because that's how my distributor works because the my distributor is owned by Spotify. So they're trying to curtail their, you know, their listeners to go using Spotify. So just letting you guys know if you want to take advantage of the uh, polls that I have on these episodes, uh, it's on Spotify. Um, if you want to take uh, a crack at that. Now, I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying that's there. I'm just advertising that's there. Just saying. Um, but yeah, going into things, uh, first off, we have a trade, uh, kind of a worthwhile trade, um, which already out of the gate makes a lot of sense as we go into the, uh, when we go to the second half of the show, at least I say halves because it's after the ad break, um, where the Calgary flames sit in the division, uh, in their division and how they're coming along in the Western conference, uh, the Calgary flames. Uh, decided to acquire forward Taylor Toffoli from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for a conditional 2022 first-round pick. Um, I don't know. Why, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, get to the condition. Uh, a 2023 fifth-round pick and the rights to forward Emil Heinemann uh, as well as forward Tyler Pitlick uh, for Tyler Toffoli. Now that the condition with that 2022 first-round pick is that uh, that 2022 first round top, uh, pick is top 10 protected. And if it's in the top 10, uh, because odds are the Montreal Canadiens are going to be in the, the lottery system since they are not going to be, um, it'll not be a, uh, it'll be a lottery pick most likely because, you know, they suck on uh, 32nd uh, in the league. And that will not be the only time that you'll, uh, hear me say that the Montreal Canadiens are 32nd in the league. Uh, it'll be on a, it'll be a, a spoiler, a rant alert in a couple minutes. Um, but yeah, if that pick ends up being in the top 10, that 2022 first round pick goes back to the Canadians in exchange. Uh, the flames will then get a 2023 first round pick as well as an additional fourth round pick on top of the 2023 fifth round pick that they would also have. So, 
good haul for Montreal uh, right there. So uh, congrats to Montreal and congrats to the Flames for getting a uh, a solid forward that they could use to bolster their uh, scoring prowess. So that's good. Um, but yeah, in other news, in other news, um, the province of Ontario, uh, namely only affecting Toronto because it's the only uh, NHL franchise that's in Ontario, uh returned to 50% capacity or allowed uh, for 50% capacity in sporting events starting yesterday as of recording, February 17th. And on March 1st, they will be going to 100% capacity. They'll be going back to 100% capacity unless Canada wants to be Canada again. And I say Canada wants to be Canada again because the, um, the past two games that the Blues played uh, going into Ontario, uh, going into Quebec, uh, they just played the Montreal Canadiens, the 32nd in the league Montreal Canadiens um, yesterday and had no fans in attendance, uh, went on to Ottawa uh, this past Tuesday and had no fans. And speaking of that game, uh, with the Blues' 5-2 win against Montreal, uh, not Montreal, the Ottawa Senators. I wish it was against Montreal. Uh, against the Ottawa Senators, Doug Armstrong, the general manager of the St. Louis Blues, uh, has earned his 500th win uh, as the general manager of the St. Louis Blues. So congrats to Army right there. Uh, Armstrong becomes just the 25th, uh, just, well, not just, but, you know, uh, became the 25th general manager in the NHL uh, history to reach the 500 win uh, milestone there. So congrats to Arm, uh, Doug Armstrong for that achievement. Um, but yeah, there you go. And we're already speeding through, uh, already toward the, uh, the end of the, at least the top topic points here, uh, speeding through. Uh, but I'm sure that that will screech to a halt when we get into the second rumor mill, as we go into one of two. Uh, so as I covered in a previous video, on the channel, if you haven't already watched that, I know as of now, no one has. So here I am telling you to again. Uh, apparently, according to Mark, uh, Frank Zarelli, uh, he's got two scoops, apparently, um, one of which affects the Vegas Golden Knights, as uh, Robin Leonard's currently out with an injury, um, leaning on Laurent Brassois uh, to be in between the pipes. Uh, one has to wonder, what are they going to do? with this um situation as they don't know when robert leonard could you know be back um and there's a rumor going around that uh the golden knights have expressed interest in bringing back mark andrew flurry now me as a golden knights fan i will say regardless of you know the winter classic blues jersey i'm currently wearing uh there's a vegas golden knights flag right behind me so that tells you that i'm a fan um and also actually i just clicked in my head I got this bad boy. If you're watching it on the uh, the video, uh, a pop vinyl of Mark Andre Fleury as a Vegas Golden Knight. Wonderful! What a wonderful time that this was. Uh, honestly, like especially when Gerard Gallant was behind the bench, you know. Um, and I say that because ever since uh, Peter DeBoer, uh, regardless of his methods uh, to get wins, um, definitely. It seemed, at least to me, that, you know, he wasn't a fan of Marc-Andre Fleury because he always would try to, you know, not have him play, not have him play. Even if he was the hottest hand in the goddamn league, 
Um, but she had a nice stretch where he was like one of the hottest goaltenders in the league. And the, and also keep in mind, this is the same franchise though. You know, this is me grilling the team. And I say it with constructive criticism because I care about the team, right? This is the same franchise that this guy right here, Marc-Andre Fleury, won a Vesna trophy. And they still traded his ass to the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, if I was Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, other than the prospect of potentially going back to the playoffs, because you know goddamn well the Chicago Blackhawks won't be going. You know, goddamn well, they're not going to. Regardless of that fact, I don't think Mark R.J. Fleury would honestly want to, other than fanfare aside, I don't think he'd want to go back to uh, Vegas. And honestly, I wouldn't, you know, blame him, blame him at all because of how he was treated, especially toward the end of his tenure there. I would not be mad at him if he decided, you know what? You know, regardless of whatever decision he makes, we honestly have no right to be mad at him because, you know, it's not our lives. But that's neither here nor there. Um, But I'm sure, you know, we as fans can understand that if he doesn't want to come back to Vegas, you know, that's that's all that's all fine and well. Uh, Although consider the fact that he also has a seven million dollar cap hit that you got to deal with. So I, I don't know. I mean, if Chicago retains some salary, he might make it work. But even then. You're already kind of skirting the um, skirting the cap ceiling, uh, yeah, cap ceiling, as uh, you just in order to put, um, yeah, you just put Mark Stone on LTIR, and they have absolutely no cap space right now because they are using LTIR for Mark Stone, uh, Alec Martinez. Toy forgot that he was on. LTIR because he's been out for so goddamn long and Jake Bischoff all three on LTIR uh, and Zach Whitecloud on injured reserve but he but his uh, cap hit is still hitting uh, right now um, and they need to um, yeah they would need to do some moving around that's for sure to make Mark Andre Fleury work for this friend for this team um and keep in mind the whole pandora's box that tampa bay opened with the whole circum cap circumvention thing uh you ain't gonna be able to really use that until after the season's over and you kind of need flurry now if you were to get him so i don't know what you do there but it's interesting to see that that's even a prospect to be floating around now also with that said uh, Kelly McCrimmon also did come out to say that, oh, yeah, there's there's not these are, you know, not even anything to take serious at all. Uh, these are just rumors that people are swirling around and just get clicks and whatever. So uh, there may not be something there, but at the same time, typically, whenever someone comes out and says that it, there's nothing there, there's something there. So I don't know. We'll see how that shakes out. Now, another th- prospect that Frank Cervelli also threw out is Claude Giroux. Now, Claude Drew, um, also, side note, didn't even know this, but um, Chris Kerber, Chris Kerber of uh, 101 ESPN for the Blues. Uh, he's the radio uh, play-by-play guy uh, for the Blues here. Uh, made a good point in the sense that when it comes to legacy, that 
because I don't actually before, yeah. So it'd be 11. So it'd be 11. So Claude Giroux is 11 games away from his 1,000th game as a flyer. Um, just putting that out there. So Claude Giroux, his contract's up at the end of this year. Philadelphia's not making the playoffs this year. Ain't happening. Unless, by the grace of God himself, could not make the Philadelphia Flyers make the playoffs. Although it's more, more of a chance in hell than Montreal uh, or Arizona at this point. But I digress. Claude Giroux has come out to tell Chuck, uh, Chuck Fletcher, the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, that he has one of three teams that he wants to go. Now, number one, he has his, his number one that he wants to go to, and then he has a substitute that he'd be all right with going to if he doesn't get that prime number one. That prime number one being Colorado. And funny enough, all three of those teams are in the Central Division and all currently, spoiler alert, are in the top three uh, uh, spots of the Central Division right now. Colorado, Minnesota, and your 2019 Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Now, with that said, where does he go? I don't know. Um, well, because this is, see, side note, this is going to be the bit that's going to take the longest time, probably, um, out of all the news stories. Now, going into those prospects here. So the Blues, actually, no, let's finish with the Blues. So let's go Colorado. His number one spot he wants to land. Colorado currently has only $282,790 in cap space. Not ideal. Now, he, I mean, yeah, obviously, he can be moving some cap out. Um, but if you look at how much, even though I understand his what his contract is now versus what it is or well, what it is if you pay for the whole year versus now because x amount of his contract has already been paid up to this point so obviously it's gonna be less than 8.275 million dollars which it currently is um as the flyers only sit at four thousand four hundred and ninety uh dollars in cap space so they're up they're right up against that cap right there. Now, yeah, if you're going off of how that looks, yeah, Colorado's definitely got some moving around to do, along with his second option, oh, his, no, 2A uh, option, the Minnesota Wild, if I can find it in this list, by our good friends at Cap Friendly, with all these wonderful numbers and everything that they uh they keep up to date here. Now, Minnesota, I can already tell you out of the gate. Um, spoiler alert. Minnesota Wild has the most cap space out of the three teams with $1.9 million left uh, to use if they want to. Now, as for pieces to give up, I don't know if they have the pieces that Philadelphia might want in return. Uh, and as for St. Louis, they only have $22,000 in cap space. Uh, they're definitely going to have to offload some some cap. I, once again, I don't know where you really do that um, because a lot of these guys are key guys. Ryan Riley ain't moving. Tarasenko ain't moving at this point, even though he said that he wanted to move. This is definitely not the, this is definitely not the time to move for Tarasenko right now. Definitely not the right time. Uh, Braden Shen ain't moving him. Pavel Busnevich ain't moving him. Brandon Saad not moving him. David Perron not moving him. Jordan Cairo ain't going nowhere, sir. 
George, uh, Robert Thomas ain't going nowhere. Oscar Sunquist, who, I mean, he's, he's an integral part of this franchise. Don't you, sh- you really don't want to move him. Then leads to Ivan Barbashev. Now, Ivan Barbashev, also, I'd stay, is an integral part of this team. Which then leaves you with Clem Costin, Tyler Bozak, Logan Brown, and J- Dakota Joshua. Now, all those guys are under a million, so um, not really going to work out. Now, well, one key thing to take uh, into account is Marcus Candela's contract, even though they haven't updated, is now in LTIR. So that's $3.275, uh, $3.275 million off the cap, which is some alleviation. So you really don't have to move as much, especially if Philadelphia wants to be, you know, a cool bro and, you know, eat some of that cap. And we can make this work, all right? We can make this work. Now, with the, the prospect that I see, you know, telling everyone, including myself, that Claude Drew ain't coming here besides the cap potential uh, problems is the fact that the St. Louis Blues need a defenseman, if anything. All right. Just saying that if anything's going to come out of this is that the Blues need a defenseman more than any forward. Now, I understand, you know, the best one of the best ways to do defense is, you know, more offense and you know as long as you're keeping the puck in your opponent's zone at all times you don't have to really worry about offense I mean defense which I understand but the second you get that odd man rush the second you get that that turnover it immediately flips on its head the defense and you don't want to risk that all right you don't want to risk you know screwing up a drive or screwing up a play and then turning over that puck at the wrong time and then just immediately goal right there. You don't want that, especially with the likes of uh, if the Oilers make the playoffs and the Blues go into there, having a Leon Dreisaitl or a Connor McDavid, really fast guys with the puck, easily could get a freaking um, odd man advantage along with Nathan McKinnon, another guy that you might even see in the first round, depending on how it shakes out. Um, although how the standings are, if the playoffs were today, they wouldn't be at least until the second round. So um, there you go with that. But yeah, I don't, I mean, would Claude Drew be a good addition? Absolutely. And especially when it comes to bolstering the power play uh, unit for the blues, because he is deemed a, power play genius when it comes to that um so what's another guy because i know uh brandon sod has also been known to be a really really solid guy on the power play even though he's not even on any of the units and he's, he's still got more power play goals and i'm thinking anyone on the team so i don't know how the hell that happens um but yeah adding another guy that you can plug and play into that power play unit that that's real good to have um, it's a matter of drawing penalties instead of taking them like they did against the 32nd team in the league and lost in overtime. How the hell does that happen? I bet, I bet if he had Claude Giroux in your team, it wouldn't have happened. I bet as I murdered your ears right there. 
I am so sorry if you're listening to this with headphones. I murdered your ears. I'm so sorry. But it's the truth. Claude it's all because Claude Giroux wasn't part of the St. Louis Blues that the Blues lost that game. All right. Not because they, you know, disrespected their opponent like they always do or, you know, try to sleepwalk to Ontario. I don't know. Maybe, you know, snug some of them uh, famous Bell Center hot dogs that I keep hearing about. I don't know what's so goddamn great about them, but, uh, but hey, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was because Claude Giroux wasn't there. All Claude's fault. Uh, Claude needs to come and collect, come pay the piper, be on the blues, and win, all right? Although I will say that'd be kind of interesting, also considering the fact that he has connections with Craig Berube and Braden Chen, along with the fact, even though it's not even really a connection, but I just find it kind of cool that he'd go, if he would, if he would join the blues, he would go from one class of 1967 team to another class of 1967 expansion team which would be really cool but yeah that's uh yeah that's the end of this half that's the end of this half um but yeah on the other side of the uh break we'll have our uh brief standings round roundup all right, we're back from the old ad break, even though it's not necessarily a half per se, but it's on the other uh, other side of co- of uh, content. Uh, we have the standings roundup for you. Now, spoiler alert, uh, the Atlantic Division. Once again, for I think it's like for consecutive like three or four weeks, haven't had any movement whatsoever. Montreal, the 32nd team in, this, in the damn National Hockey League. Um Still eighth place in the Atlantic Division with a record of 9-33-7. And, and I hate that that ninth win came at the expense of your 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. Fucking hell. Seventh place goes to Buffalo with a record of 16-25-8. Ottawa, sixth place with a record of 18-25-4. Detroit, fifth place with a record of 23-22-6. Boston, still the second wild card in the Eastern Conference with a record of 27, 17, and 4, still fourth place. Toronto still third place with a record of 20, 32, 12, and 3. Tampa Bay still second place with a record of 32, 11, and 6. And the Florida Panthers still first place with a record of 33, 10, and 5. Metropolitan Division gets bookended, where the bookend of it gets flip-flopped. And what I mean by that, you'll see. Uh, New Jersey falls back down to eighth place from seventh place with a record of 17, 8, 28, and 5. The Philadelphia Flyers jump up one spot from 8th to 7th with a record of 15, 25, and 9. New York Rangers, not New York Rangers, New York Islanders. It'd be concerning for the Rangers that they fell all the way down 6th place. It was not them, it was the Islanders. Uh, still, in, still at 6th place with a record of 18, 20, and 6. The Columbus Blue Jackets with a record of 24, 23, and 1 is still 5th place. The Washington Capitals still fourth place and still hold the first wild card in the Eastern Conference with a record of 28, 15, and 9. The New York Rangers still third place in the Metropolitan Division with a record of 31, 13, and 5. The Carolina Hurricanes fall down one spot from first to second with a record of 32, 11, and 4. And for the first time this season, 
the Pittsburgh Penguins. Class of 1967, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins. With a record of 31, 12, and 8, are now your first place holding, first place uh, holding Metropolitan Division right there. Uh, congrats to the Penguins. Central Division doesn't really move around too much. Arizona still Arizona, still eighth place with a record of 12, 32, and four. Chicago still seventh place with a record of 18, 25, and seven. Winnipeg still sixth place with a record of 22, 18, and eight. The Dallas Stars still fifth place with a record of 26, 19, and two, although they are knocking on the door, though, on playoffs. They are knocking on the door. Fourth place, the National Predators hold the first wildcard spot in the Western Conference with a record of 28, 17, and 4, dropping down two spots from second to fourth. The year 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues hold the third place spot with a record of 28, 14, and 6. And that sixth overtime loss came at the expense of your 32nd overall in the National Hockey League, the Montreal Canadiens. St. Louis Blues jumping up one spot from fourth to third. The Minnesota Wild jumping up one spot from third to second with a record of 30, 12, and three. And still first place, your Colorado Avalanche with a record of 35, nine, and four. And now your Pacific Division, on the other hand, had a lot of movement, actually. Uh, the only team that didn't move anywhere is the Seattle Kraken. As they still are eighth place with a record of 16, 30, and four. The San Jose Sharks are seventh place, dropping down one spot from sixth to seventh. With a record of 22, 21, and 5, the Vancouver Canucks are slowly climbing up. And actually, look at the looking at the points uh, that they have on the season. They could, if they get hot enough at the right time, they could just barely squeak in the playoffs. They could. They could. They probably won't, but they could as they currently hold sixth place in the Pacific Division with a record of 23, 21, and 6. The fifth place team goes to the Anaheim Ducks. Surprising, right? I know. But if you look at those overtime losses, you understand why. Uh, but yeah, Anaheim with a record of 23, 19, and 9. Dropped down two spots from third to fifth. Out of the playoff bubble for the first time, I think, in like a month and a half, two months. Goodness gracious. Uh, L.A. Kings uh, dropped down one spot from third to fourth with a record of 24, 17, and five. No, 24, 17, and seven, my bad. Uh, hold the second wild card spot in the Western Conference. The Edmonton Oilers jumped up two spots from fifth to third with a record of 27, 18, and three. The Vegas Golden Knights dropped down one spot uh, after like a month and a half to two months of being first place. Uh, with a record of 28, 18, and 3. Uh, and lastly, your Pacific Division leader, the Calgary Flames. That just got Tyler Toffoli from the Montreal Canadiens, the 32nd team in the league. Uh, with a record of 28, 13, and 6. So overtime losses are helping them there. But when it comes to a tiebreaker, regulation plus overtime wins, it's going to be your savior. So always try to win in regulation, kids. Always try. I understand you get points. I understand you get points in overtime, but hey, you know, it's those, you know, not leaving anything on the table. You don't leave table scraps for the freaking bums. You don't do it. You take it all for yourself. All right. Regulation plus overtime wins is your savior. 
Bow to your savior. Regulation plus overtime wins. Come on. No overtime wins. No overtime losses is what I'm really getting at. Regulation wins. That's the key to success right there. And don't you forget it. But yeah, as I end my tirade (laughs) of ranting about the freaking St. Louis Blues losing to the 32nd team in the league along with Regulation plus overtime wins, which also ties into the St. Louis Blues losing to the 32nd team in the league. I will end you, I will end this episode before I continue to talk about how the St. Louis Blues lost to the 32nd team in the league, the Montreal Canadiens. Until next time, this has been the Bleed Hockey Podcast, and I'll catch you all next one. Thank you very much.